John 14, starting with verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. Now you've heard this many, many times. Jesus was fixing to leave. And the disciples were very upset about that. They'd been with him for three and a half years. Jesus said, oh, don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. Didn't say a few, there were many mansions. If it were not so, Jesus said, I would have told you. I go, now this is what I want you to see. I go to prepare a place for you. Now watch this. And if I go, and he has, and prepare a place for you, I will come again. Now that's what's missing a lot of times. I'm guilty of it too. I use this for funerals and sometimes I'll quote it. But the emphasis this morning, I will come again and receive you unto myself. Did you get that, church? He's talking about the rapture there. I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. He was trying to comfort the disciples. It ought to comfort every man and every woman here in this room. I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Now, if you'll open your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And while you're doing that, he's making it clear not to let your heart be troubled. The place we are going, church, one day is secure. You can count on it. It's not wishy-washy. It is a place you can depend on. It's a place of mansions. We know that. Jesus says, if that was not so, I would have told you. And Jesus reminds him, I'm going to prepare a place for you, but I am going to come back one day and receive you unto myself that we can be where he is. An introduction here, we are in the church age. The church is in existence, we know that. The church age will end when Jesus Christ comes back in the rapture. Until then, we're to meet like we're doing now. We're to come together like this, and we are to worship him. We're to talk about the rapture. We're to talk about heaven. We're to talk about hell. We're to talk about how much we love each other and things like that. Those are good things, and how much we love him. But I want you to understand that this is for a while. The church age will only end when Jesus Christ comes back in the rapture. Now, whatever you do, don't get the second coming mixed up. I'm not looking for the second coming of Jesus Christ. I'm looking for the rapture, amen? And don't anybody in here say, oh boy, I can't wait for the second coming. You don't want that. You'll have to go through the tribulation period for that one. But Jesus Christ is coming back. Let me tell you, that it's the second time he comes back, I'm not talking about the rapture here, he steps foot on the earth. 
The first time he came, we find that you don't have to turn in Luke chapter 2 and verse 7 and verse 11. That's when he was born. He came a babe. He lived on this earth for 33 and a half years. His feet were on this earth. The second coming is found in Revelation chapter 19 verses 11 through 15 when the Lord Jesus Christ comes back at the end of the seven year tribulation. And when he comes back the second time, he will set up his millennial kingdom for 1,000 years. So you're not involved in that. Now one day we'll be with him when he does that. But the second coming is when he comes back and steps foot on this earth the second time. But the rapture is not that way. Jesus Christ is going to come back and we're going to meet him in the air. That's our, that's our goal. Amen? That's our goal. But let me go ahead and read 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and talk about it. Verse 13, Paul says, I would not have you to be ignorant brethren. And by the way, the message is either six things about the rapture or never doubt the rapture. We're having folks that are doubting and I don't want that out of you. But I would not have you to be ignorant brethren. He says, don't be ignorant about this. And I challenge all of us in here never to be ignorant when it comes to this doctrine that we're going to look at. Concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. There's a lot of nuggets there. Those that have died and have been buried, they were concerned about that. Paul was telling them about the rapture. He was telling them that Jesus Christ was going to come back. And he was saying, don't you worry about that. God's got a plan. I know you've got loved ones that have been buried and they're there under the ground. But you know something? He's telling them also in that same verse, even as others that have no hope. You know something? If you're not saved, you have no hope. You're going to die and go to hell when you die. If you were to die in the pew and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you'll be burning and screaming and begging in hell before you ever hit that floor. The rich man died and in hell he lift up his eyes being in torments. He didn't get to go to heaven. And he's not going to be involved in the rapture either. But that's why I just want to make it clear that Paul was talking about, even in that verse, in verse 13, you don't sorrow about your loved ones that's already died that are saved. Don't sorrow too much. Don't cry too much. They're safe. Their bodies have been buried, yes, but they are safe. But I want you to know something that a person's never been born again. They have died already and gone to hell. But sleep in Jesus, he talks about, is not soul sleep. There's a lot of religions that teach that when a person is buried that's saved, that in the casket is the Holy Ghost of God. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. The Holy Ghost of God is not in the casket. That person doesn't even have any of their life in them anymore. My Bible tells me, and we're safe, absent in the body, and what? And to be present with the Lord. Amen? They all got that one memorized. So don't worry about it. If you die today, your body is going to be buried or cremated, whatever you have planned to do. That's not going to affect God one bit. Absent from the body, that's death. When a man or a woman dies, their soul leaves the body, absent from the body. It's simple. 
Somebody ever asked you, give me a definition of death. It's absent from the body. That's all it is. When we had uh, Ann's funeral here, she was laying here. I told him, she's not in there. Now, the reason why it hurts you, the reason why you cry, you know, things like that. We had Wayne's the same way. You, you cry because that's who you knew. But understand something, that soul is no longer in that body. They've left absent from the body. We're going to be facing more funerals, church. We're all getting older. I'm getting older. You are too. Eventually, one at a time, everybody dies. I mean, it, it just happens. But I want you to never, never doubt the rapture. When Jesus Christ comes back, there's a lot of churches have taken it out of their constitution. They don't want to believe it. They don't want to believe in a rapture. That's a, that's a shame, too. I have anger for those that teach uh, Calvinism. You know that. But I think I'm almost equally as angry, if not the same, of those that have removed the rapture. And tell their people, don't worry, live your life. Jesus is not coming back. So, let's look at what the Bible has to say here. We looked at verse 13. He says, for if we believe, verse 14, that Jesus died and rose again, even so them which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent, the word prevent means go before, them which are asleep. Now, understand before I get into the sermon. Absent the body, be present of the Lord. You're not going to be going up to heaven when the rapture takes place through your body. Your body is buried, but your soul immediately goes to heaven. And I'll give you another scripture. I'm not going to preach a funeral service, but in 2 Corinthians 5, 1 and 2. Remember what I always said? You got a home waiting to take over your body. I'm sorry, take over your soul when you die. So that's settled. You don't have your glorified body yet in heaven, but you have a wonderful, beautiful body that's very close to being glorified. When Jesus Christ comes back in the rapture and he says uh, to for us to come on up, those bodies will come up and suddenly be changed. We will come back with him and somehow, and I don't know how, don't ask me, but I know God can do anything. He brings them together. And all of a sudden that old... The, body that's all rotten and all comes back to life and is put together with the body we have in heaven. Somehow God makes it a glorified body. So let me clarify that. Don't misunderstand these scriptures that when a person dies, they're in the grave and they're not in heaven yet. Yes, they are, church. Yes, they are. All right, here's your sermon. Six things about the rapture. All right, we find over here, we look at the return. In verse 16, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. A lot of nuggets right there. First of all, it'll be the Lord himself shall descend. Now notice that. Descending means you have to be up. He comes down from heaven. Everybody with me so far? I don't think that's elementary to you. You know that. Uh, everybody knows that if you're going to descend, you've got to be up somewhere. And he's going to, the Lord himself, Mary is not going to be with him. The Pope is not going to be with him. 
No, the Baptist preacher is not going to be with him. I'm trying to say we all the Bible says the Lord himself shall descend from heaven and there is going to be a shout, the Bible said. The Bible talks about that with the trump of God. So there's going to be a trump. Now the Bible talks about that. The trump shall sound. And um, the Bible talks about the voice of the archangel. So there's going to be an angel there with him. More than likely Michael. There's Gabriel, which is the one that came to Mary. And, you know, Gabriel kind of made little announcements and all. Whereas Michael was there during a time of war. And he's going to be, no doubt, the one blowing that trumpet. Hey, look, listen for the voice, but listen for the trumpet. That trumpet, I believe there's not a, a person in this room that won't hear it. I know for sure the Christians will hear it. If you're not saved, maybe you'll hear it and want to know what's going on. But I am trying to tell you the trump of God. And what will Jesus Christ shout? The Bible says in Revelation 4.1. You don't have to turn. Come up hither. I believe that's what he's going to say. Maybe something else. But that's what the Bible says. He said come up hither. When we hear those words. We're going up. We're all going up. That's the return. Jesus Christ is going to come back and he's going to say, come up hither. We are going to hear that trumpet sound and we're going to know it's time to go. Can you imagine what this building is going to look like? With everybody hopefully gone. If you're not saved, you'll be sitting in there looking around. Where'd everybody go? Gone. And more than likely, all clothes are going to be left on the pew. Yeah, I'm, God's going to dress us in such a way. It'll be so modest and all and, and all of that. I, I, I don't think we need to. I'm not going to go up in this suit. Especially I got a pair of blue jeans on. Hey, man, I quit wearing the dress pants there for church. And I'm trying to say, I believe it'll all be gone. We will go up with our brand new glorified body. And if we have, if we're in the grave, then we're going to come up. Of course, the Bible says the dead in Christ shall rise first. So understand that those that have already died, they go up first. Then we, I like it, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up. Thank God for that. Somebody want to doubt the rapture like that. So that leads to the second thing. We looked at the return and look at the, uh, the resurrection. It's going to be hard not to get ahead on this thing. But it says the dead in Christ shall rise first. That's the resurrection. The dead shall rise first. These that have died in the Lord Jesus Christ. These bodies, like I said, will be caught up. And by the way, not everybody is going to be caught up that's buried. They have no hope. They've never been saved. Sometime in their life, they never accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior. They kept putting it off and putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. And no doubt they thought, I'll do it later, I'll do it later. And the devil never tells you not to get saved. He says, put it off and put it off and put it off. And when a man or a woman dies and goes to hell, the devil has a big laugh because it's too late. And when the rapture comes, that body is not going to go up. And that body that you have when a man dies to hell, goes to hell or a woman goes to hell, that's the body you have for eternity. 
What a sad thing. So we looked at the wonderful return. We've looked at the, um, we've looked at the, um, get it over here. I'll get my thing, return. And we've looked at the resurrection. Now remember, here's verse 17. We look here at the rapture. The rapture. Now the Bible says in verse 17, we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. Notice that, caught up together with them in the clouds. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up. Now Jesus Christ comes down. He calls us home. The trumpet sounds by Michael, no doubt. Jesus says, come up hither, and all of us are going to go up that have been born again and be caught up in the air to meet the Lord in the air. What a tremendous, that's the rapture right there. You say, well, the word rapture is not found in the Bible. The word rapture isn't, but the word caught up is. Caught up means to go up. Amen? To go up. Thank God. We're going up. You say you ain't going down. You're going to go up. Now, what if that happened today? What if that happens on Sunday? It'd be all right with me. Look at the way they're treating Israel right now. Look at that. It's not in my notes. But I tell you one thing. They, they would understand that there's a big uh, protest there on the Brooklyn Bridge either yesterday or today with the anti-Palestinians that said they want Israel removed. No longer a state. Let me be careful what I'm saying here. Not all Palestinians feel that way. Let's be careful. Let's be careful with that. They don't all. But many of them do. But there's many non-Palestinians that feel that way too. They'd love to get rid of, the, of, uh, of uh, Israel because they're jealous of the Jews and things like that. But I want you to know your Savior was a Jew. The Bible says he came unto his own and his own return, re- received him not. Amen? Pray for me. The devil don't want this thing preached, I guarantee you. But I'm trying to say the reunion. What a wonderful thing that is going to be. And the Bible says here, that leads to the, the, the reunion. And uh, we have the rapture, then we have the, the reunion. We're going to be caught up with them together in the clouds. And the Bible says we'll be caught up in the clouds. Now what does he talk about? Number four is the reunion. Now... The Bible says in Revelation 1, 7, Behold, he cometh with clouds. I was trying to figure out on a clear day, if Jesus comes back, why there's going to be clouds. You don't have to worry about that. You know, I heard people tell me, I've been looking for a cloudy day. (laughs) Well, lately, we've all had. (laughs) Let me tell you something. Don't look for a cloudy day. Jesus is going to come back with clouds, the Bible said. I don't know why he's going to do it that way. But we're going to be caught up together with him in the air. And the clouds are going to be there because the Bible says that it will. And uh, the Bible is very clear. He says, behold, he cometh with clouds, Revelation 1-7. And the Bible also says the last words of the disciples in Acts 1-9. You don't have to turn. And when he had spoken these things, Jesus was giving final instructions to the disciples. While they beheld, while they saw him, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. There's your glory cloud. There is your Shekinah glory cloud. It could be any of that. But we will be caught up together with him and the clouds, the Bible says. Then verse 17 again, we see the reception. 
to meet the Lord in the air. You been wanting to fly lately? You can try this, now it ain't gonna work. I got news for you, when Jesus Christ comes back, we're gonna fly. I wanna say, we're gonna fly, honey. We're going up. Is that right, Brother Robert? We're going to fly. We're going to leave this old way. If Jesus were to come back right now, we would all go up. You talk about flying. I wish it happened while I'm preaching to you so we could all do this. Guess what had happened in our lifetime? I'd love that. We've buried so many that since I've been here there that I was hoping would be one day all together in the rapture. It didn't work out that way. But one day it's going to happen in somebody's lifetime. And don't you believe these folks that say there's no such thing as a rapture? There is a rapture. We're going to be caught up. Caught up together. Don't let this doctrine bore you. Don't let this doctrine uh, keep you uh, in a negative attitude because the devil hates it. That's why I have a little struggle this morning. The devil don't want this thing preached. Lord, I'm preaching it for you. Use it even with my imperfections. Amen? Glory to God. I'm trying to say the rapture is a real thing. It's going to happen in somebody's lifetime. And we are going to have a reception up in the air. We will meet the Lord in the air. We will be together. All of our loved ones that have already died will be up there with us. We're going to be together and if we're already in heaven, we're coming back with him and we'll get our new glorified body. And a glorified body more than likely has a shine to it. Amen. I find in the Bible it talks about, uh, you know, light shining and things like that. Well, when, whenever Jesus Christ glorified something, normally there was extra light involved in it. So I'll say, I'll give it on that strength right there. All right, in verse 18, then we find the refreshment. We saw the reception, now the refreshment. We can be comforted to know this. You know, this doctrine right here ought to give you comfort. It ought to give you comfort. You know, a lot of times it's not preached anymore. But we need to be comforted. We're living in a world now that people are, there's just so much anger. There's so much anti-God. People hate the things of God. They weren't even allowed in the school. I know when I was in high school, they, they, they let us pray sometimes. You can't do that now. Can't pray at a ball game. Can't pray before the football game. Pas I mean, the pastor, I told you I'd get a little bit messed up. If the coach were to lead in prayer, he'd probably get fired. You can't do that anymore. Thank God, though, when we leave this old place, Everybody's going to be happy. Amen. We're proud of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. He's going to come back and get us out of here. But don't you worry about that loved one you've buried. They're already in heaven, but glory to God, one day that body is going to come out of the grave. You say, well, Brother Paul, uh, I, I plan to be cremated. That won't limit God. People ask me all the time about that. If, if a person that was killed in 9-11, they couldn't find parts or they, they die at sea, thrown overboard, and the sharks took all the pieces of the meat and body and bone everywhere, that's not going to limit God. God, if he could speak this world into existence, glory to God, he can bring the body back together. Don't be afraid of that. Don't be afraid of that. I'll take an applaud for that, but give Jesus an applaud. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. 
Devil, you ain't going to win on this one, I guarantee you. And the Bible says we can comfort one another with these words. And that's why a lot of times a pastor, rightfully so, would use these words, you know, to comfort people during a funeral. Now, almost finished. Right after the rapture, don't miss this now, begins the seven-year tribulation period. When I see what's going on right now, I figure stuff like what we're seeing right now had to happen first. Talk about with Israel. And people turning on them. People hating them. People jealous of them. Get rid of them. Kill them Jews. Go ahead. Let's get rid of them. I don't want Israel to be a state anymore. Let's dissolve them. I've been waiting for stuff like that to happen. Because I want you to know that means it's getting closer. I don't have a date. But this has to happen first. Here you have Russia jumping against Israel. You have Iran jumping against Israel. Then you have the countries around it want to join in. You have Saudi Arabia, Egypt. You know, they, they could be easily be pulled in. But my point is this. Right after the rapture begins. I mean, it comes. And, and we're out of here. Then the seven-year tribulation period comes into play. And we find this in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Let me read you this verse. You don't have to turn, but in verse 7. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. The Holy Ghost is going to be removed and the church is going to be removed. And then, don't miss this now, and then shall that wicked be revealed. The Antichrist, I don't know who it is. He may be in existence now. He probably is. I don't know. Nobody knows for sure. But when the rapture takes place, people are going to be looking for hope. Where's my family? As I told you before, jets are going to be crashing all over the world. Thousands of jets that had saved pilots. And save co-pilots. Those jets are going down. All those that are saved in the jet already got a few feet ahead of us. Amen. Ever think about that? <laughs> They're already about, what, about 5,000 feet or better. Or 50,000. What am I saying up there? Huh? <laughs> That's all right. I don't mind that at all. But here's the thing. Those that are not saved in those jets are going to crash. And all of them are going to be killed. Yes, once the rapture takes place, it's too late. Amen. Amen. Then the Antichrist takes over. What a wicked person that's going to be. Going to give people a false hope. In verse 9 of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, he's going to deceive them. He's going to fool them. He's going to give them false hope. I need hope. And the Antichrist steps to the place. I'm going to give you hope. I'm going to give you hope. I'm going to be God for you. And how's he going to fool the people? Verse 9, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, who's with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. Anybody, first of all, that has sat under a church where the preacher was preaching the truth, and gave them an opportunity to be saved. And they walked out and never got saved. And they, maybe they kept, kept going. God kept dealing with them. 
When the rapture takes place, they cannot be saved after the rapture takes place. It's too late. And the Antichrist is going to deceive people with lying wonders, miracles. Don't believe every miracle you see. The devil can perform miracles too. And in the day of the, uh, the seven-year tribulation period, the Antichrist is going to play God. And give people false hope. for them. And it's going to last for seven years. False hope. They're going to be. A, and those in verse 11 and 12. He says. For this cause God shall send them strong delusion. That they should believe a lie. That they all. Not some. Might be damned. Who believed not the truth. But had pleasure in unrighteousness. In other words. If a man or woman is in the, under the age of uh, the church. They're in church or somebody on the outside witnesses to them and shows them how to be saved. They say, no, I'm not interested in being saved. And the rapture takes place, you're doomed. You can't be saved because you believe the lie. And that's what people are going to do with the Antichrist. They're going to believe a lie. It is a false hope. He's going to perform miracles. And all that believes the Antichrist and did not get saved will be damned. All right. Here's the thing. Got the rapture. We go on up. We're in heaven for seven years with Jesus. New sermon would be, you get your glorified body. I'm talking about a brand new body. There's something at that time you'll find a new glorified body is in force. That's part of the seven years. Of course, then you have the you know, judgment seat of Christ and all these things. But for seven years, we'll be with Jesus. For seven years on this earth, you have the seven-year tribulation period. At the end of the three and a half years, uh, that Antichrist is going to say, the only way you can buy or sell is to take a mark. Either on your forehead or your hand. The way the technology is today, I don't know now if that's going to be under the skin or where everybody can see it. But it is 666. Don't, you buy something that costs $6.66, don't worry about it, honey. That ain't the mark of the beast. Amen? But if you, somebody takes that during the seven-year tribulation, if they hadn't had a chance to be saved... They will never be able to be saved. You say, well, I wouldn't take the mark of the beast if I wasn't saved. You had a little baby or something, couldn't buy food and couldn't buy diapers and couldn't pay rent for your house and all that. You might think about it. But I'm trying to say that's going to be a terrible time. The mark of the beast. That's, the Antichrist is going to force that on people. They'll have a choice. Many of them that are saved that don't take it to have their heads cut off. Look what happened in Israel. Cut off the heads of babies. They said there was women that they were shown in their pregnancy. Their stomach like this. They cut the stomach open and pulled the baby out. Didn't hear that huh? Some of you have heard that. What a mean thing to do. Oh Jesus coming back. He's getting closer. Amen. And I want you to know. That's how they have the. When at the end of the seven year tribulation period. I'm almost finished. Jesus Christ comes back. That's the second coming. We come back with him. And there's the battle of Armageddon. He defeats the devil. And the devil is thrown you know, into the pit there. He's put a seal on him for those thousand years. And I want you to know. During that time. 
It'll be the millennial reign of Christ for 1,000 years. That'll be, as the Bible calls it, the kingdom. We will be part of it. We will live here on earth with Jesus and also have access to heaven because the new heaven's going to come down called the new Jerusalem. Have 12 gates on it. You want to go to heaven for a while? Kind. You got family on the earth, you can come back. Maybe family got saved after the rapture. It'd be a wonderful time for 1,000 years. And then at the end of the 1,000-year period, there'll be, Satan's going to be loose for a season. It's hard for me to believe that Jesus being king for 1,000 years, that people will then run to the devil. A lot of folks won't get saved during those 1,000 years. You say, that, it's unbelievable, but it's so. They'll run. They could have had King Jesus. Instead, they run to the devil and follow him. Then there's a big battle called the Battle of Nations. And Jesus, they're going to be millions of people teaming up with the devil. Can you believe that at the end of 1,000 years to fight the Lord Jesus Christ? Stupid, stupid, stupid. Yep. Totally stupid, Brother Carl. They're going to lose that battle. All totally. And then at the end of that, total peace from here on out. On earth, on heaven, after that. But Jesus will defeat the, the devil, the Antichrist on the battle of nations. And then he, at the great white throne judgment, we will have the pleasure to see him cast into the lake of fire. Never to deceive anybody again. Amen. Is that a good hearty amen in here? I'd love to get rid of that no good. I, I, I don't want to say a bad word. Amen. 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 I, I, I like, this is, I don't, and I try not to cuss, but I like to, I like to cuss that rascal out right now. He's dirty. He's deceived a lot. Y'all act like you want me to say what. <laughs> I tell you what, that devil's a no good son of a bricker backer, bricker backer, slatter rep. Amen? That's as close as I'll do it behind the pulpit. <laughs> Y'all like that, don't you? Y'all ain't tired of me after all these years. <laughs> Woo, glory. Pray that God would keep me strong. Okay, amen? All right, so I'm going to finish with this scripture. Here's your hope. Titus 2.13, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. So if you have been born again, you have nothing to worry about. You see, I hadn't been living the kind of life I should. That rapture is not going to determine whether you go up. Nobody's perfect in this room. Nobody's sinless in this room. I'm not endorsing sin, but just remember something. When you sin, you confess it. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Try not to do it again. But if you do, you confess it again. You just, I'm just saying there's some sins give us more trouble than other sins. I know that. But you've got to keep confessing your sins. But God loves you, and you're his child, and you're going to go to heaven. Your body is going to be taken up when the rapture takes place. If you die today, you'll immediately go to heaven also. Okay? So, but if you're here and you've never been saved, you say, Preacher, if I died, I, I wouldn't go. I'd go to hell, or if the rapture took place, I'd be left out. So why don't you come and say, I want to get saved. If you've never been saved, what if you died in the seat where you're at now? Or died on the way home? What if that happened? Would you go to heaven? If you're not saved, you're taking a big chance. Look at that big wreck on the interstate there. 
20-something people died, and maybe more now. That fog that was so bad, strong fog, I believe they called it that, super fog. And I'm just saying, you could leave here today, die in your sleep. We just don't know. There's appointment, is appointed on the man wants to die, and after this is judgment. You all know I preach funerals from 18 teens, even some babies, on up to 90s. Nobody's guaranteed a long life. But if you're saved, if you've been born again, nothing to worry about. But if you're going to live without being saved, it's a risky, chance-taken life that you're living. Because you could die today. Every head bowed, every eye closed.